Welcome to Heels in the Courtroom, a podcast about successfully navigating law and life, featuring the women trial attorneys at the Simon Law Firm. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Heels in the Courtroom. I'm Amy Gunn, and today I am joined by Erica Slater, Liz Lenevy, and Mary Simon. And we're very excited to be here, and especially about our topic, what to wear. So anyone who's ever been in a professional situation knows this is something we have to think about. As I was preparing to lead this discussion, I was searching my email for some past listserv discussions on this topic. I found the string from a couple years back, and a lawyer had asked a simple question about what to wear uh, when she was going to trial in the summer. And like 25 women started burning up the internet trying to give their responses. It was rapid fire. And some of those responses were interesting and ran the gamut of skirts or pants, jewelry, no jewelry, pantyhose, no pantyhose, sleeveless, not sleeveless. I know your mind is spinning. But Mary, I want to start with you. Wow. I know. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about trial for now. Because that is really the sort of pinnacle of our professional job is to appear in front of a jury. And there's many, many things we have to think about and several different audiences that we have to know are looking at us. Sure. So what is it that you think about most or concerned about most when in trial? As far as appearance goes, it's it's almost hard to narrow it down to one thing that I'm worried about. And I shouldn't say worry, I I should say things that I have to consider and make sure they are within my control at all times during the trial as far as appearance. One is hair, wearing it in a way that it will not be distracting to me or the jurors. Uh, Jewelry, making sure it's not distracting to me or the jurors. I wear a high neck shirt, shoulders covered with a suit jacket, and then most of the times in trials in the past I've worn pantsuits. And I really think it's because I am trying to be as conservative as possible. And that's my thought in a couple years of practice. I have worn dresses and skirts to court for non-trial hearings and motions and things like that. So I think things that are of concern to me is making sure that nothing about my appearance is a distraction to either myself or the jury. One of the responses in this email chain that I mentioned was from a woman who had been practicing for a while, and she said, I came up when pants were not allowed, and the judge did not allow a skirt more than four inches below or above the knee, below or above the knee. So this just points up the fact that this has been something that judges and courts have controlled up until really recently. And there also is a difference between state court and federal court. Federal court tends to be a little bit more uh, buttoned up, a little bit more formal than state court. So it's not in the distant past that pants weren't even allowed in the courtroom. And I think I keep that in mind because I am very much a skirt or dress person in trial. I do think it's it is a function of when you were when you started in the business and what you were taught by the people that came before you. Erica, what are your thoughts on pants versus skirts or dresses? 
Well, funny, thinking about this topic, I have two starkly different memories of my first and second trial with this issue specifically. So when I was, I think it was maybe my first year practicing, maybe year and a half, it was a smaller case, but I got to try by myself a case that I'm not saying I had no business trying it, but I really was doing it on my own. And I was really feeling myself in this trial and thinking like, <laughs> here, I'm, here I am, it's my show. And I you know, wore my flashy clothes that I thought were super cute. And I remember wearing a big chunky necklace one day and I was doing my hair up and everything else. And I lost that trial. Yes, I lost my first one. It keeps me humble. And then one of the partners said something, one of the female partners said something to me after that, like, because I came back to the office afterwards and I think I was in my chunky necklace, like after I'd lost this two or three day trial. And she was like, so you may want to tone it down a bit. And I was like, "Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-oh. So that was a really good thing to keep in mind. And then I was still young at my second trial and I went the complete opposite direction. And it was in a different venue, but still, you know, still a metropolitan area. And I really picked out my very bland clothes like I literally wore like a white shell with like a I think it was even like a brown weave suit over it and like low heels and like no jewelry and you know kept my hair really simple the case ended up settling in the middle of trial but I just probably directly related to your wardrobe (laughs) (laughs) they were like get this woman out of here I'm bored I can't even see her she blends in with the background and when I look back on that trial I realized I didn't feel right I didn't feel confident I didn't feel like myself I felt like I was playing a part and what I've determined is that there's there's a happy median between that. My comfort level with choosing what to wear has really increased as I become more confident in our practice and also just kind of as I've gotten older. Now I'm always comfortable in what I wear and I know if I am comfortable that I look appropriate because you can see that in my demeanor. So that's that's really where I don't think about it too much like oh you know I should be able to wear whatever top I want you know yes true but you also have 24 eyes looking at you (laughs) and let's say 26 the judge as well Um, (laughs) you know and and judging you so it's good to pay attention to but they're going to look more to where you are comfortable. There are two schools of thought that I have discovered over the years with what to wear to trial as a woman. First conservative, don't be showy, blend in, be comfortable. And second, be feminine. I subscribe to the second school of thought. I don't want to look like a man. I don't want to wear my black suit and white shell and black little pumps, especially if I have, if I'm the only woman in the trial. Because I do think that gives me not an advantage per se, but a little bit of recognition. I I don't mind being different. And Erica, I totally agree with you about feeling more comfortable the more you do it. You really can tell when someone's not comfortable. Now, if it, is it because you're nervous to try a lawsuit uh, for mm-hmm. somebody? Probably that's part of it. Is it because right. you have on shoes that don't 
that you don't wear every day, probably less or so, but it does all go into this idea that you need to be yourself as much as you can, whether it's what you say, how you say it, what you wear, how you act, that's your true self and that's the best way to trial a lawsuit. But I remember being a young lawyer in a pretty big lawsuit and I was second chair this was within the first three or four years of my practice. The first day I wore my dark suit and was very small. I was trying to be really small. And the, the in-house counsel said to me, Amy, do you have anything that's brighter? And I was trying to not feel creepy about that. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> why are you asking me that? But he said, it's okay if you don't blend in. And I just have never forgotten that. And I found a royal blue suit, because I'm from Kentucky after all. Every self-respecting Kentucky girl has a royal blue suit. <laughs> and I wore it, and he, he thought that was great. I have, however, progressed more away from suits and more to dresses. So I attended um, a seminar. Randy McGinn is a really well-known plans attorney in New Mexico who has tried many cases, written books. And I went to a seminar through one of the plaintiff's organizations a number of years ago, and, and she, had, she was citing some research, really, about how jurors respond to f women attorneys, women trial lawyers. She said, we want the jurors to think of us as school teachers, moms, aunts, with very positive connotations. And what do school teachers' moms wear? And she was sort of advocating for the, the floral dress. I can't, I can't do it, ladies. I just I can't quite do that. But I can, I can do the dress, a nice dress, and a cardigan or a, a light jacket because I also don't like to be cold, and that dictates a lot of what I wear. So, Liz, in your experience, what are you comfortable in, and what lessons have you learned in the cases that you've tried? So the first lesson that I've learned is the identical story that you just told about, <laughs> do you have anything brighter? Because that is a conversation you and I had. Because I remember the first trial we had, and I'll, to back up, I had never tried a case before until I came to this firm and started working for Amy. And I had the unfortunate experience of getting my fashion tips from a 65-year-old white man yeah. who said, girls, you need to dress conservative, black suits, black pantyhose, keep the heels low. And that's because when he Yikes. was practicing, that's probably what yeah, women had to wear. the same genre as the uh, gala I quoted earlier. Exactly. And so when I had my first trial with Amy, I showed up in what I thought was my, my trial uniform because that's what I wore to mock trial. It got me through fake trials. It would surely get me through real trials. <laughs> and Amy, you did elevator eyes at me, which I did not perceive as creepy. <laughs> and you went, what are you wearing? And I, I said- I can't believe we wouldn't have uh, had the conversation beforehand. I must have had just trial mind. Please forgive me. We were walking to the courthouse and you go, what are you wearing? And I said, this is my suit jacket. I look like a lawyer. And you, said, you said, never wear that to a jury trial again. And to be fair, I looked awful. It was a hideous outfit. I mean, I just, 
it looked terrible. So it was a very fair judgment, but I haven't made that mistake since. And I try to wear something brighter and I have scrapped the pantyhose. Tights only come out if it's cold. And, and so that was my, my first lesson of you can try to have a little bit more fun with your clothes, but you don't need to be distracting, like you said. But it's interesting, though, that when I was younger, I, I wore suits much more often, and I think that was an age thing. I, I think I was trying to look more grown up because I was 24 years old, and I did not want people to confuse me for a law student or for a secretary or a paralegal or anything like that. I wanted people to know she's a lawyer. She's got the lawyer uniform on. As I have gotten older, I have started to relax a little bit more. I I still wear suits to court every now and then, but I have sort of transitioned into the dress and a cardigan, and it still looks professional. The one aspect of clothing that I still have a, an internal debate in is actually my heels. Ironically enough. Ironic. <laughs> what heels do I wear in the courtroom? And I think everyone can attest here, I wear shoes that are terrible for your feet and for your body and would probably make any podiatrist cringe because <laughs> I wear four inch stilettos everywhere I go because it's what I feel confident in. It's, right. It really is. My shoes, I'm short. So I try to feel a little bit taller and my shoes are where I get my confidence from. But I also realize that four inch stilettos, some people might say that that is a bit too provocative for a courtroom or professional setting. And so what I have tried to do is balance that with the style of shoe. All of my four inch pumps that I will wear to court, they are either black, nude, or navy blue. I don't wear bright colors because no I figure, exactly, there's there's already the height there. I don't need to add anything else to it. And so that's, that's what my big struggle is. And that's sort of how I've found a way to work around it. Now, I'm sure, as my mother likes to remind me, those heels are going to get smaller and smaller as you get older and older. Oh, so enjoy them say. now. That's, I refuse. <laughs> I refuse. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to enjoy it while I can. And again, it is a place where I do get some confidence as as a woman. And I, and I want to look like a woman. And I want people to recognize that I am a female attorney. So I've got a story and I think one of the things I'm learning here is that with experience, more experience in the courtroom, I'm going to get more comfortable and confident to be more adventurous with outfit choices. In the first case that I worked on after I was licensed, I wore a pantsuit almost every day of the trial with the exception, I think it was either the last day of trial or second to last day when I wore a dress. And the dress, it's so funny about the things that we remember about cases and outfits. The dress was black and had some pink, uh, a pink pattern kind of around the bottom of it. And I thought it looked really good and I could wear it with my black suit jacket, trying to be, you know, conservative as much as I can. And I remember that one of the male jurors just stared at me the whole time in the courtroom. Someone on our team at our firm who was at the courtroom also noticed. And he pointed out to me, he's like, oh, that guy really likes that dress you're wearing. (laughs) And I guess, I mean, hey, I guess it wasn't bad for the outcome that we got in the case, but (laughs) not saying I had anything to do with it. But I think that also is where the fear sets in of, you know, cover up, cover up, cover up as much as you can and wear a pantsuit and high neck and jacket because... Just one person, if you just have the 
attention of one person and it just throws off your confidence or it makes you just feel uncomfortable. And I think from that point forward, I don't wear dresses as much in the last couple of years or so to court since then, because I think of lawyer uniform that Liz was talking about. I think I still kind of have a little bit of that in my mindset, although I have gotten more creative with colors, which has been fun. Erica, looks like you've had a similar experience before. I'll give the quick backstory about the recent close decision I had to make. We were local counsel on a case that actually got booted out on summary judgment. Um, and the, our lead counsel decided to appeal the case. And literally a week before the oral argument, we were having a conversation. And he says, well, it sounds like you know a lot about these judges and they know you all. Would you like to do the oral argument? I literally had three depositions that week. I canceled two (laughs) Uh, and said, yes, please, because I had never made an appellate argument, actually. And I feel like I've been practicing long enough that that should be something that I've done. So leading up to it, I really spent a week long preparing. And Mary, you will remember because I, I test drove my argument in front of you a million times. And when deciding what to wear, I was kind of like, oh, this isn't just in front of a jury. This is, you know, kind of the more formal setting of a state appellate court, you know, three judge panel. This is a much more formal atmosphere. And then to make it even a little bit more of a pressure cooker, it was being held at my law school at St. Louis University. And this was the one argument day, a session where they hold the argument at the law school so all the law students can come. So there's about 500 law students in the room. (laughs) And I, you know, had thought long and hard about what to wear, you know, what's my best suit, blah, blah, blah. And I scrapped all that. And I wore my favorite dress that I had just bought. I put on a white blazer over a bright blue dress. And the blazer wasn't even like a normal cut blazer, like the lapels were kind of fancy. And I put on my three-inch heels that I feel great in. And I was like, this is going to bring me confidence because I feel really good in this outfit. And I needed a boost of confidence because I hadn't gotten that nervous about something in a while. So I get to the argument and there's so there's three cases being argued and there's probably somewhere around 10 attorneys total who are going to be actually arguing on each side of those cases. Every single one of them is in a navy or black suit. Oh, wow. And the two other women who were actually arguing that day, actually it may have just ended up being one, was in a black suit with black pantyhose and black um, heels. And and I was just like, okay, this is how it's going to go. And I got up there and I felt like a million bucks and I felt like I really argued my case the way I wanted to and brought... I could feel the students with me. Like I brought energy into the room and so did my blue dress because when all of them, I heard from one of the teachers afterwards that in their LRW class when they are legal research and writing for SLU students, when they talked about the argument, I was just the blue dress. Like, and and I was like, I did it. I am the blue dress. I am going to buy a new blue dress. Yeah. You know what? And Erica, I was in that crowd watching your arguments. Thank you for supporting me. Absolutely. (laughs) Women supporting women. But Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, you sounded great. You were incredibly intelligent, incredibly well-spoken, but you also looked great. And I thought that that was so important because of the type of case that you were arguing in this particular incident. It was a motion for summary judgment, I think arising from an asbestos case. So Mm -hmm. you were representing the 
family of a man who lost his life to lung cancer from asbestos exposure. And in that setting, it was so clear that you were fighting for the little guy. You were there being a champion against these big corporations, and it just brought such a brightness. And I don't think for a second that the panel of esteemed jurists saw you and thought, well, I'm going to side for her because of the, the white jacket. But I, I genuinely think that the the students and people watching in the crowd, that may have played a part in how they responded to you. And it's certainly something that I noticed trying to, you know, watch you just, I don't know, sort of spectator sport. Sure. But I, I thought your look matched what you were trying to convey in your message. And it it worked. Everything worked. Let me add to that. If you're taking that as a story of how to dress for an appellate hearing, I also was making a very informed calculation about the judges I was appearing in front of. Two out of three of them knew me very well, and the other one knew our firm very well and know our style. And because of that, I felt very confident in that decision. So it's just kind of a lesson, and I think you've heard this from us throughout the podcast, that we are encouraging women who litigate to be themselves and not to dress or speak or act in a way that is meant to draw attention away from you, but there's a right tone to hit. I want to embrace being a woman. I want my colleagues to do that. I want people listening to do that. I know that we're different, and a lot of times on this podcast, we sort of complain about how we're treated differently, so maybe this sounds a little bit off topic, but if we embrace that and we have the opportunity to show a little bit more about ourselves in our dress and our style than we should, that is an opportunity. Men can't really get away with wearing too colorful of a suit without being noticed really noticed. And I think we, we can. We can get a lot get away with a lot more of that. And why why shouldn't we? The next thing that kind of comes up, because we've all talked about wearing dresses, is sleeves or no sleeves. And you can hardly find a dress with sleeves. I mean really so hard to find a dress with sleeves. And Usually I'll buy the dress without sleeves, and that's why I have lots of cardigans. That's why I have lots of jackets. Number one, because I'm cold a lot, and I don't want to be cold. I don't want to be in trial in cold because that's too distracting. But also, I still believe that being sleeveless could be seen as being disrespectful to the court. I did go to court a couple of summers ago. It was hot. It was for a friend, what we call a friendly hearing. There was no real argument on any particular thing, but I still did have to appear before a judge to get an order signed. And I had forgotten my cardigan. So I had a, a pretty brightly colored sleeveless dress on, and I was uncomfortable. No one said anything. I had a, I had a woman judge that I know and, you know, she didn't say anything or didn't seem to be offended by it. But I felt very uncomfortable. And I was talking to a different judge um, about a week later. And I had said to her, you know, I was in court the other day in a different judge's courtroom. And I, I, w- I had a sleeveless dress on and didn't have a cardigan. But I had to get this, this order entered. How do you feel about that? I thought, I'll just take her temperature. And she was like, I don't like that. And she is um, a little bit on the older end of the spectrum, but I thought, 
dang. And she's otherwise, I know her very well and, and very uh, accommodating, very, very much supportive of women. But that was a bridge too far, really. And so I've thought about that a lot. And I just don't, I, ha- I have seen other women with sleeveless dresses on, and I think it's fine. I mean, I guess some of it depends on how you feel about your arms, maybe, but it's not <laughs> like I prefer to have my jacket on. But it doesn't necessarily offend me, but I could see where it could be taken as a bit disrespectful. Anybody had that thought or worry, Mary? I had a pre-trial in front of a female judge in St. Louis County, and it was it was cool because the attorney on the other side was also a female attorney. She and I both had our suit jackets over our arm before we went in for the hearing. And as we were waiting out in the hallway, uh, opposing counsel and I were talking to each other and we were both laughing because neither one of us wanted to put on (laughs) the suit jacket. And we were both talking about how it just made us feel like we were squares (laughs) and we just didn't want to wear them. And she is, has been practicing much longer than I have and we'd both been in front of this judge on the same case a couple times, and she is very laid back. And my opposing counsel told me, why don't we both just carry our jackets in and ask the judge together if we don't have to put them on? <laughs> and we did, and the judge didn't care at all. And, oh. she, and she just said, just be comfortable. We all need to be comfortable here for a long pretrial. The lesson there is to know your audience, too. I mean, I think it was very respectful to ask. Right, right. And probably because you asked, the judge, maybe she didn't care at all to begin with, but certainly after it was posed to her, she was like, sure, that's fine. Right. I think that's a really good way to approach it. And then there's power or strength in numbers too, right? Right. Yeah, I felt much more comfortable. Had it been another attorney who was just going to put on their jacket and walk in, I absolutely would have done the same thing, but it just worked out nicely. So here's the elephant in the room, ladies. Are you ready for it? Pantyhose. Uh, can we panty call them nylons? No. They're <laughs> pantyhose. So. I hate them. I never want to. No one them likes them. I have a I rule. I have a rule. So I love skirt suits. It's my. It's one of my go-tos. And in the winter, I have like a f- over 40, under 40 degree rule. Because I think that I look silly with bare legs when it's cold. But I really only wear different opacities of black pantyhose. You know, there's... Is that weird to say? No. (laughs) (laughs) But I really only wear black nylons. (laughs) I don't think I have a pair of, uh, of nude ones. I don't... I wouldn't be comfortable. I don't have a pair of black pantyhose. Stop I only it. have nude. Really? Yes. I don't own a pair of and nude pantyhose. God, see, it just it doesn't make any sense. I think it's when you learn things and you just can't stop. You can't stop not knowing what you learned and when you learned it. I think the solution is tights in the winter. Right. Because you're warm. It covers up your legs. Because, again, I don't wear a pantsuit. So I have to make this decision every time I try a case depending on what season it is and with winter it's dead of the winter it's easy we i wear black tights and but then you have to find a shoe that looks right with it and i i've got a like a suede black pump that looks okay with it or here's the other question tall boots do you wear tall boots to trial 
No. No. Mm. I think it depends where your trial is being held. The, I'll, like I'll the wear mountains. It's okay because you <laughs> no. I I think what is my juror population? What are they going to think of it in the city? No one's going to city of St. Louis. No one's going to bat an eye at you wearing tall boots. Your jury, for the most part, is not going to care. I hope they like them. Exactly. But the further you get out of uh, what I'm going to call home base here, because <laughs> we we work in and I live in the city, but the further out I get the more I think go back to lawyer uniform and lawyer uniform is but regular th- black heels. Do you think that lawyer uniform for a more rural population for a woman is pantyhose? Probably. I know. I wonder because I have not tried a case in a real rural place for a long time and the last one I did try was in the dead of summer and I think that if you're going to wear a nude hose, you can just have a little bit of suntan and people aren't really looking that hard, hopefully. Also, it goes back to what you were saying or what we were talking about earlier is if you think you will be uncomfortable, you should just err on the side of wearing them. See, I'm not uncomfortable wearing pantyhose, weirdly. I'm just not. But it's not going to be my first choice. And I would never wear pantyhose in the summer unless I was trying a case. Mm. So I don't know if that makes sense because I could be comfortable either way. But I've got a, a, one of the emails from the listserv. A woman talked about she tried a case a number of years ago. It was more rural, a, a more rural setting, and she wore pantyhose. And she had an opposing counsel who was a woman who didn't wear pantyhose the first day but did the second day yeah. because this gal did. Because I think we all worry. I mean, can you imagine a man worrying about Wearing pantyhose or not. <laughs> what the things we have to think about are crazy. I would wear pants over pantyhose. I would too. For, just for pure comfort reasons. Yep. No, see, there's little, there's more to that. There's there's a, that's an old woman thing to do, Amy. I saw it. I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> We're all sitting here looking at you yeah. like, just don't, just don't ever wear white pantyhose and black okay. shoes. Okay, all right. I will that, not do that. Or that pantyhose. That is the Minnie Mouse look, or you just can't do it. What about pantyhose and open-toed shoes? No. No, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. Of course not. I'm Actually, I would never that. do that. <laughs> we need to, like, poll our listeners, like, do you agree with <laughs> Amy right. yeah. or Lizzie, Mary, and Erica? Now, like I said, I don't. The, it, it comes into play in, say, March. What do you do in March? It's not winter. I don't have a tan yet. What do I do in March? None. None. I've learned to just Ooh. sort of embrace my pale legs. Yeah. You know, I think it's a sign that I'm actively trying to keep from getting skin cancer. That's the way I look <laughs> at it. There you go. All right. Last topic. No, two. There's two. Uh, jewelry. So... The same seminar that I mentioned a little while ago about what to wear included a discussion about jewelry. And I like some sparkly jewelry. Do I wear sparkly jewelry to trial? I do not. I will wear a simple gold, a little gold hoop, not a big hoop, but a little gold hoop. I wear my wedding band, but not my wedding ring, to schools of thought again. Number one, you don't want to look flashy. If you look flashy, the story goes, if you look flashy and you looks like you have a lot of money, no one's going to give you any money because we do plaintiff's work. 
Second school of thought is dress for success. If people think that you have money, people could think that you win a lot and maybe you should win this one too. Equally without real any data or <laughs> really anything to back it up, but I could see the argument for each. But what we do is perform. We are all show ponies to a certain extent. That's the job. So I don't mind being noticed. It's not necessarily my personality, but I know it's my job. I don't mind wearing the, the brighter clothes, a little, being a little bit different. But a big, a big diamond ring puts me over into the uncomfortable category because I don't, that's why I don't have bumper stickers. I don't want people to judge me like that. Don't judge me. <laughs> so I shouldn't put it out there to be judged. And then I, I just, I wear a simple watch. I usually wear a lot of bracelets, but I don't wear any bracelets. I usually don't wear a ring on my right hand. And necklace, not really. I don't do necklaces either. So it basically comes down to my watch my wedding band, and little hoop earrings. Liz, thoughts on jewelry? So as obsessive as I am about my shoes, I just don't care about my jewelry as much. I've just never been a big jewelry person. The only piece of jewelry I will consistently wear is my wedding ring, and that's because I, I think my husband would be <laughs> questioning why I wasn't wearing it. So that one is, one, I, I love my wedding ring, but two, I have an obligation to wear it. I swore an oath to God. So I do love big hoops, but I don't wear that to trial for obvious reasons. So jewelry is not something I think about much other than maybe I'm not wearing enough. Maybe it looks weird that my ears are bare. And then I'll put little studs in. That's about the extent of my jewelry thoughts. Erica, after your first trial with your big, chunky necklace, how did mm -hmm. that change? Well, I still wear big, chunky necklaces if they go with my outfit to court, but I wouldn't wear it in front of a jury just because I do think that that would be distracting, and I would have the personal feeling of wondering whether it's distracting. Yeah. So because of that feeling, I would get rid of it. I'm very hard on jewelry. I break nice things. <laughs> so so on a daily basis, I wear this same necklace that I've managed to only break once. My wedding ring does not have a solitaire. It's more uh, flat as far as the style because of problems. Like it, Liz is like, oh, I never knew that. <laughs> no, I, I did. You've told me that before. I just think it's funny that you've Eric approved your I, I wedding have. ring. <laughs> well, so these are the things I wear every day, right? You know, I have like, very simple bands on my right hand and my left hand is a simple, you know, small, low profile wedding ring. And I, I think because it's that style, I will often wear it because it feels normal. Mary, thoughts on jewelry? I actually love jewelry, but I do not wear a lot of jewelry to court, whether it's for a hearing or trial. Amy, I think I'm similar to you that I will wear a pair of stud earrings and my wedding band, and I always have on a necklace, but nothing too flashy. So I, I could see myself wearing just that, but no more jewelry to court at all, whether it's for a hearing or a trial. But something that I do want to mention about jewelry in our profession is that I wish it was more normal to wear more earrings or jewelry. I, I don't even know if you guys know this. I actually have four earrings, um, four earring holes in each of my ears. And when I'm not at work, I actually wear them all. 
So that's oh, something I, that I wish I could do, and I'm embracing. Who in are you? <laughs> we it's are just, here to encourage you. Yeah. That sounds cute. Yeah, I love it. And when I'm not at work, I use all of them with earrings. But I could never wear that at court, and even at a deposition, and probably not at work because it's not deemed appropriate. But I love earrings, and I love jewelry. One of the comments on the emails was. My biggest dilemma is whether to take out all seven of my earrings for trial. I just leave them in now and no one seems to mind. So maybe. Be yourself, Mary. That's right. Be yourself. Start a new trend. (laughs) Again, I think that's something you could get away in the city of St. Louis. Yeah, I think so too. All right. Final topic. Ponytails. Professional or immature? Wow. Mary. I know you have a ponytail in right now. I currently have a ponytail in, and I normally do almost every day, but I would love to know how to style a proper ponytail because I think if styled properly, it actually does look fairly professional, and it's a great alternative to having hair down in your face all day. But I'm excited to hear what everyone has to say about this because I'm all about a nice professional ponytail that I have yet to master. I'm sure it will not shock anyone to hear the elder stateswoman never wears ponytails (laughs) in trial. However, Mary, I agree with you. If I could learn how to get that very sleek, professional, low pony, I think I've seen women wear ponytails in court and they look great. They look very professional. Probably your hairstyle matters your hair texture matters. Can it be real thin and pulled real straight? I don't know who I'm kidding. I'm never going to wear a ponytail to trial. I just, I can't do it. When you have a ponytail in, in your office, I know that like stuff's getting done. Right. (laughs) To me, it is very much the, the workout clothes of hairstyle. Yeah. I I put my hair in a ponytail when I work out. So that's the box that the ponytail is in and it can't come out. Liz. Anyone who knows me knows I just have a lot of hair. You do. It's but everywhere. It's beautiful. And it looks great down or in a ponytail. But my concern is that I do look a little bit too juvenile. And, and I remember a couple years back, and I'm not trying to bum people out, but during the USA Gymnastics, uh, that, what was Larry Nasser During the Larry oh, Nasser trial, when he was found guilty of molesting all of those poor gymnasts, those poor athletes. Allie Raceman, who she is an Olympian, you know, just an amazing accomplished woman, and she is a survivor of Larry Nasser. and she got her opportunity to say her piece to him, and it was, it was incredibly moving, and I remember crying, and then I made the terrible, terrible mistake of looking at the comments underneath this video uh, of her, uh. and the first comment was, why did she wear her hair like that? It looks like a child. And she at the time had a high ponytail in. And I didn't even notice the hair until I read that comment. And I thought, no one is paying, or at least this particular person is not paying attention to her incredibly moving, powerful speech. And the fact that she is a woman confronting someone who has abused her, this person is distracted by her ponytail. Mm. What? But it made me realize that 
ponytails can be distracting for yeah. people and they will stop listening to you because they think you have a juvenile hairstyle. And so because of that video and because of that comment, I don't wear my hair in high ponytails in front of a jury. Yeah. In front of a judge, I'm less concerned about it. It's more of a fact that I'm just trying to get my hair out of my face so that I'm not constantly messing with it because that's a nervous tick of mine. But if I'm in front of a jury and I need to keep my hair back, I put it in a low bun, sort of a military style. And that's where I am on ponytails and, and hairstyles. And it, it sucks, again, that we have to put so much thought into just what we're doing with our heads. But... <laughs> You know, it, it is what it is. Ladies, this discussion was necessary, and it's been going on informally among women, professional women, for years. So I much appreciate the discussion. Let's do some takeaways. Mary. My takeaway from this discussion is that what you wear should reflect your confidence, and confidence should reflect what you wear. Liz. The first thing that popped into my head was just wear what Amy tells me. Um, <laughs> Accurate takeaway. My takeaway is wear bright colors or risk getting yelled at by me. That's right. <laughs> my takeaway is that it is all right to try to stand out a little bit with your clothing. There's no reason to, to go overboard, but don't be afraid to have a little fun with your clothes. You know, there's already so many aspects of this job that are so serious. What I wear to court or what I wear anywhere should not be that serious. Erica. My takeaway is to embrace the opportunity you have to stand out in the courtroom. Okay. Thanks for listening to this episode of Heels in the Courtroom. We have new episodes drop every Wednesday, and we are thrilled that you are joining us on this journey. We we talk about how much fun we have in these sessions all the time, and it really brightens our hearts that we have listeners who enjoyed as well. And join us at heelsinthecourtroom.law. So thank you and goodbye. Bye. Bye. Heels in the Courtroom is brought to you by the Simon Law Firm. Connect with Amy, Liz, Mary, Erica, or Elizabeth at heelsinthecourtroom.law.